What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I am Gerard Bonner. It's a pleasure to hang out with you guys. And yes, there's always a lot going on. But as I always love to do, thank you so very much for all of your support of all things connected to The Faction, whether you're following us on the socials at The Faction Show Or, of course, you're connected to us right here via podcast, wherever you're listening to us, including Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever else you may be tuning in. Thank you so much. These moments mean the world. So if you do me a favor and share what we're doing with your friends and followers, it would make all the difference in the world. With that said, let's get down with the get down because there's a lot to get into. So I want to start with an interesting piece of news that I'm not sure you're familiar with. So there is a documentary that has just been released on Peacock. It's called Dangerous Breed, and it is dealing with the story of Teddy Hart. So he may be the member of the Hart family that you might be least familiar with. So in case you're not familiar, Teddy Hart is the nephew of Brett the Hitman Hart, Owen Hart, and those members of the Hart family that you know. He is the son of Brett's sister, Georgia. And you've heard Brett refer to Georgia many times when he was in the ring and on television. So Teddy Hart happened to be the youngest signee to WWE at only 18 years old. And yet was the youngest person ever fired from WWE as well. So the premise for this documentary called Dangerous Breed on Peacock is that there was this filmmaker who had been shooting footage of Teddy Hart for the last 10 years with the hope and the intention of turning this into the next big reality show. But a number of very real things happened in the life of Teddy Hart, including some very serious allegations and even a missing person that made the reality show secondary, ultimately turning into a documentary. It is a three-part limited series that is available on Peacock right now. And perhaps the most shocking piece of all of this is that WWE is involved. Like the executive producer is Kevin Dunn. And WWE is actually involved in the releasing of this project. Now, when you see it, 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 it's it's wild. In fact, I, I really kind of want several of you to watch it because I want to have a discussion about it. I don't want to give too much away because I do want you to see it. But I did spend some time watching the documentary in full. I will tell you that it is jarring. It is like, wow. It is wrestling but it is also got Dateline vibes to it as well. So if you've never watched Dateline 2020, yeah, this this is it's intriguing television for sure. The unfortunate part is that there is someone who is now missing for close to five, almost six years, closely connected to Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart says he has nothing to do with it. But when you watch this documentary, you'll really get an idea that there's more than meets the eye to Teddy Hart. And it's easy to understand why he did not have a wrestling career inside of WWE. 
I am, though, very interested in terms of why WWE got involved with this project in the first place. But do yourself a favor and head over to Peacock whenever you get a moment. And certainly with the holidays coming, hopefully you'll have some time to check out a documentary. It's called Dangerous Breed. Now, if you look for Teddy Hart on Peacock, you're not going to find it. They're only going by its name, Dangerous Breed. So you want to check that out because that is some really powerful stuff for sure. So let's move from there to talk about the latest happening at NXT because NXT is getting ready for the final premium live event on the WWE calendar, which happens this Saturday. It's called NXT Deadline and it will feature a first ever concept from the WWE. It is a new match concept called the Iron Survivor Challenge. That Iron Survivor Challenge features five participants on the men's side and five participants on the women's side. The match will be 25 minutes in total. Lots of fun twists and turns are involved in that. And last night, there were two Triple threat matches, one on the men's side and one on the women's side, to determine the fifth participant in each of those matches. On the men's side, Axiom defeated Andre Chase and Von Wagner to punch his ticket to NXT deadline. And then on the women's side, it was Indy Hartwell who defeated Fallon Henley and Wendy Chu to punch her ticket into the women's Iron Survivor Challenge. Now, I'll say this. Off the top, I think the favorites to win both of these matches are as follows. On the women's side, I definitely think it's Indy Hartwell. She really, really, really gave us some indicators last night that she could be the one. And I certainly am here for it. On the men's side, I think it's clearly Carmelo Hayes. He is that guy who should ascend to the NXT Championship. Now, remember, the winner of the Iron Survivor Challenge matches will become the new number one contender to the NXT Championship. Major surprise that happened last night. That is the tag team champions. Pretty deadly. We're telling their Christmas story and in the midst of it saying that they've beaten everyone. There's no one left for them to beat. And then all of a sudden we get the shocking surprise of an appearance from The New Day. Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods made their way onto NXT television last night, challenging for the NXT Tag Team titles. That match will take place at NXT Deadline this Saturday, and it now lends itself to a lot of questions. For one, I never thought I would see the New Day in NXT. Two, should the New Day lose this match, what does it really do to the New Day's cachet if they lose an NXT Tag Team title match? Three, should they become the NXT Tag Team Champions? I think there are a lot of questions, enough questions to make us want to watch NXT Deadline this weekend. Now, speaking of this weekend, there are actually two pay-per-view slash premium live events happening on Saturday. So we mentioned NXT deadline. That is happening, of course, at 8 p.m. Eastern. But earlier in the day will be Ring of Honor's final battle. It will happen at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central. It's somewhat controversial. And I'll say it's controversial because the lead-in for final battle has been lackluster, to say the least, highlighting, I think, more issues with Ring of Honor and their lack of television presence thanks to Tony Khan and AEW. 
But be that as it may, I'm imagining that tonight on Dynamite and maybe even Friday on Rampage, we'll get some more indicators in terms of what matches we could be seeing for Ring of Honor Final Battle. We do know that there are several title matches, including the Ring of Honor World title as Chris Jericho takes on Claudio Castagnoli. We know that the Ring of Honor television title is on the line, Samoa Joe taking on the returning Juice Robinson. We know that there is a women's title match as Athena will challenge for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship taking on Mercedes Martinez and we also know that there's going to be a tag team match that involves the debuting Shane Taylor who's a former six-man tag champion and a former television champion in Ring of Honor as he and his hand-picked partner will take on Swerve in our glory. So how else will the card be filled out? We'll probably have to find that out tonight on Dynamite. But I do want to ask you this question. The Ring of Honor pay-per-view final battle is running for $50. Do you think this pay-per-view is worth your $50 and will you be purchasing? Or will you be watching NXT Deadline on Peacock? Or will you be watching both? Let us know right now on the socials at The Faction Show. And when we come back, we're going to delve in to the PWI 100 as yesterday they released their top 100 tag teams for the year 2022. I'll let you know all about that when we come back. Attention wrestling fans, join us Friday, December 9th for SHW 46 live from the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. A new Southern Honor champion will be crowned in a five-way elimination scramble featuring Kyle Matthews, Gunnar Miller, Carly Bravo, Sal Renaro, and Sunny Days. The Southeast Best of Seven series continues as the working team captain Owen Knight takes on nausea Also in action, Chip Day, Jordan Kingsley, Murder One, and more. Plus, the return of Cyrus the Destroyer and Sean Legacy. Don't miss our final show of the year as we send out 2022 with a bang. Tickets go on sale at the door the night of the show at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7, bell time at 8. Witness Southern Honor Wrestling live and experience like no other. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen? to the idea. And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! 
people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? Oh. The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. For a few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's gonna be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a them and there's a you, there will always be a S-H-W. It's me, C-G-P. The king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three times, three times, three times world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. All right, guys. So Pro Wrestling Illustrated has been known for its incredible list. Actually, historically, it's interesting. Pro Wrestling Illustrated has always been the leading magazine publication for the world of pro wrestling, covering all facets of the business. Pre-internet, they were certainly the go-to place. Now with the internet, they have certainly looked for ways to reinvent themselves while remaining at the forefront of all things pro wrestling. And so it's safe to say they are the most respected publication in all of the business. And they do that by creating some pretty amazing lists. So this year alone, of course, they've given us the PWI 500, ranking the top 500 singles wrestlers of the year, primarily male, but there are some female incorporated with that, particularly those who had participated in intergender matches. Then there was, of course, the PWI 150. That ranks the top 150 women's wrestlers across the world. And there was controversy this year as Shuri topped that list from stardom. Topping the PWI 500, of course, is Roman Reigns. And now we move to their third list, which is called the PWI 100, ranking the top tag teams in pro wrestling for the year 2022. So before we get into what that top 10 looks like, it is important that we're operating on the same sheet of music and that we understand the criteria for the PWI 100. First and foremost, we should know that the evaluation period, which by the way has been different for each of these lists, which obviously is why these lists come out later than the other, this particular evaluation period looks at November the 1st, 2021 through October 31st, 2022. So think of that particular time frame as we're talking about these tag teams. In addition, they look at criteria such as momentum, which involves wins and losses. They also look at which team has the it factor. And then they look at activity, chemistry, and creativity. That is what helps to determine the top 100 teams across pro wrestling. So what I'm going to do is give you the top 10 teams and then I can give you some other information about some of the other teams that are on this list. So coming in at number 10, it is the team Violence is Forever. 
That is an independent team that comprises Dominic Guarini and Kevin Koo. At number nine, it is the Hex. They are the first NWA Women's Tag Champions, the team of Allison Kay and Marty Bell. Number eight on the list this year, it's the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Of course, we are very familiar with what their year has looked like, which included, of course, the media scrum. It included suspension. They were also AEW Tag Team Champions, ultimately losing those titles to swerve in our glory. Number seven on the list this year is the OC, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, who really did have quite the year. They defeated the Briscoes at Slammiversary to regain the Impact Tag Team titles. Of course, they spent some time in Japan this year before returning to the WWE. So with that said, yeah, they are number seven on the list. Number six on this list for the year is RK Bro, Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. Certainly an unlikely pairing, but one of our favorite tag teams for sure. They held the Raw Tag Team Championships for quite some time before ultimately losing them in a title unification match with the Usos that happened to be the final match of the year for Randy Orton, who ended up sustaining a back injury, and we have not seen him since. Number five on the list is the highest-ranking women's team. It's the team of FWC, that is Hazuki and Kajuma. They are coming from the stardom camp, and really what a massive year this particular tag team has had as they both had individually given up on the wrestling business and retired only to return in 2021 and have one of the best years of their career. At number four, it's the team known as Death Triangle. Of course, Phoenix, Pentagon Jr., and Pac. Coming into the year, the Lucha Brothers were the AEW Tag Champions before losing those titles to the team of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. They would then team up with Pac to become Death Triangle, ultimately winning and still holding the AEW Trios Championship after that title was vacated by the Elite. Number three on this list, I think this is a very interesting one, Jay and Mark the Briscoes, the independent team who kind of has been without a home to some degree after Ring of Honor closed its doors back in December of 2021, they were holding the tag titles. They would defend them in multiple places. They even won the Crockett Cup in the NWA in this time frame. They also held the GCW Tag Team Championships and the Impact World Tag Titles as well. And then had a pair of absolutely insane matches for the Ring of Honor Tag Titles against FTR on two Ring of Honor pay-per-views earlier this year. So a big year for the Briscoes. Congratulations to Mark and Jay. The number two tag team in the world is FTR. Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, the Belt Collectors, holding titles currently in New Japan, Ring of Honor, and Triple H. And maybe as of tonight, it could also be AEW, depending upon how their match with the Acclaimed goes. But what a reign that they've had, and they've had an incredible time. Again, insane matches against the Briscoes, also major matches this year against the American Wolves and even the Rock and Roll Express. The ultimate throwback tag team, these guys are fan favorites, and it's hard to argue with them being one of the top teams in the business, but they are the twos 
because we know who the ones are. Put your ones in the air and acknowledge Jimmy and Jay, the Usos, who top this year's PWI 100 list. And can you argue with them? As of right now, they are over 500 days as the WWE Tag Team Champions. Holding those belts this long is significant. Beating the top teams in the business is significant. A win, of course, over RK Bro to unify the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team titles. And nobody's been able to stop them. Not the Street Profits. Nobody. And so, yeah, I don't know how much longer their reign will be, but it seems like it'll be going on for the foreseeable future hard to argue with the usos as the number one tag team in all of pro wrestling so consider this the usos top the pwi 100 roman reigns tops the pwi 500 is anybody better than the bloodline right now somebody cue up keith sweat because the answer of course is nobody what do you think of the pwi 100 now a couple of other notables to mention, I mentioned the Street Profits earlier. They come in at number 13 on this list. Swerve in Our Glory comes in at number 18. Naomi and Sasha, even though things kind of got cut short for them, they are number 19 on this list. And the current AEW Tag Team Champions, the Acclaimed, come in at number 20. For those who think they should be ranked higher, remember the evaluation period is November 2021 through October 2022. And they really got hot in September. Yeah, so I think their ranking is warranted. And so I'd love to get your thoughts. We may delve into some of the other folks on this list because there are a lot of folks on this list. And what's exciting is there are teams, of course, women and men, Toxic Attraction. They're at number 14 on this list, which I think is impressive. Aussie Open is number 11 on this list. And then they're followed by the United Empire, both of those teams over in New Japan pro wrestling so let me know your thoughts on the pwi 100 we've hinted at the fact that of course tonight aew dynamite significant night as the tag titles are on the line the acclaimed takes on ftr for the aew tag titles will the acclaimed retain or will ftr finally regain the aew world tag team championships and add a fourth set of belts to their collection of course you have to tune in tonight to find out also remember a couple of things this friday night the final show for shw in 2022 where we are crowning a new shw champion so if you can get to the atlanta area you will definitely want to check that show out i can't wait speaking of the atlanta area championship district wrestling just posted their latest show on their YouTube page. I'm doing commentary on there along with my broadcast partner, Brandon Benefield. It's a great, great show. So you want to go ahead and check it out. And speaking of commentary, for those who follow me, uh, I shared on socials yesterday that yesterday was my three-year anniversary for commentary. Now, I'm planning something special just for you here on the faction where later this week we'll exclusively talk about that journey i know there are some people who may not remember what actually happened three years ago yesterday but we're going to talk about it and talk about some other things connected to my commentary journey and perhaps what even the future looks like for me in the world of wrestling so all of that is coming up later this week so make sure you're subscribed you'll definitely want to check that out all right we're going to get out of here i hope you have an absolutely amazing day remember check out that documentary called dangerous breeds crime cats 
Cons. That is the name of the documentary. It's exclusively on Peacock, talking all about Teddy Hart in the last 10 years. It is some pretty compelling television. So definitely check it out and let me know what you think of the documentary. All right, until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, I am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I my people, here we go.